Welcome back, Giants fans. Week number eight, game preview versus the Seattle Seahawks. The Giants come in at 6-1. and one. The Seahawks are 4-3, and three, two teams that are really overachieving what people thought they would be back in the beginning of the season or even the offseason. Seattle is currently favored by three, so once again, the Giants are underdogs. The over-under is 44.5. A decent scoring total is supposed to be scored in this game. So anyway, hope you guys enjoy the video. Leave a like, always helps out, and let's get into it. So we'll start with the injury reports, as we always do. Seattle doesn't have uh, game statuses out yet, I guess because they practice later. They're West Coast, we're East Coast, so I guess the Giants have their information out sooner. Anyway, uh, tight end Daniel Bellinger, some news came out about him he had his surgery he's supposed to be out for like three to five weeks but I think four to six weeks is more of the conservative expectation for him so at least Bellinger assuming everything goes well should be back for the playoffs if this team does go on to make the playoffs which I would hope they was turning six and one but uh Bellinger of course not playing this week Ben Bredesen left guard is going to be out some more Joshua Izuda at left guard Cordell Flott out once again with the same calf injury wide receiver Kenny Galladay out Evan Neal out. That, of course, is a new one with the knee injury he sustained against the Jaguars on Sunday. O'Shane Zimenez for the second straight week is going to be out. Tyree Phillips, who filled in for Evan Neal, is questionable with a toe injury, but has gotten limited practices in the past three days. He should be all right. Leonard Williams, questionable with an elbow. I would think he plays, got limited practices in every week every day this week. For Seattle, guys that did not practice on Thursday that are noticeable, DK Metcalf, of course, is the number one guy. I don't think he's going to play this week, and he's probably the best receiver on Seattle. I mean, Tyler Lockett's good, but Metcalf's probably their number one guy, so that would definitely help out a lot. Daryl Taylor, their outside linebacker, did not practice on Thursday. Ryan Neal, their safety, had a limited practice on Thursday, and nose tackle Al Woods was a DMP on Thursday as well. So outside of Metcalf, nothing too, too big for the Seattle Seahawks. Their defense, of course, is not what it used to be, so their defensive injuries, I mean, yeah, they might hurt a bit, but... But it's not like they're losing, you know, Chancellor or Sherman and guys like that. It's definitely not to that extent. So now for the Seahawks, where did they rank in the NFL so far this year? They actually have the fifth most points scored on offense, which is not something people expected, myself included, coming into the year. But they have the 28th ranked defense in terms of points allowed. So this is a good offensive team in Seattle, not a good defensive team. Passing-wise, they're 16th in passing yards, league average. They're 10th in passing touchdowns. That, of course, is good. Defensively against the pass, they're 23rd versus the pass. Rushing the ball offensively. Seattle is a top 10 unit. They have the 10th most rushing yards in the NFL offensively. Defensively, though, they allow the 29th most rushing yards in the NFL. That, of course, is a great sign for Saquon Barkley and Daniel Jones. And rushing yards per attempt-wise, Seattle's number two in the NFL offensively. So, yeah, Seattle can run the ball. They've had great performances. I know, um, what's his name? Rashad Penny, brother of the former giant Elijah Penny, the fullback we had. Um, he had a great game versus the Lions. He must have had like 150 rushing yards. But the guy who's filled in for Rashad Penny since he's been hurt, Kenneth Walker, has had some unbelievable games the past couple weeks here since being the starter. So they have a great young running back there in Seattle. They can run the ball. The Giants, as we know, have had problems stopping the run, especially the past few weeks here versus Kenyon Drake and um, Travis Etienne. So that, of course, is a scary matchup for the Giants defense. So we'll start with Seattle's offense versus the Giants defense. Um, Geno Smith is a guy who we have to talk about. Geno Smith has had a great start so far. Geno has a 73.5 completion percentage, which is just 
I don't know. That, that's just ridiculous. I don't know if that's sustainable, but that's got to be the best completion percentage in the NFL for a starting quarterback. 11 touchdowns to three interceptions and a 107.7 QB rating. So Geno Smith at 32 years old, a guy who, of course, was given a chance with the Jets, didn't work out, came here with the Giants. And of course, everybody remembers he replaced Eli Manning and stopped Eli Manning's consecutive start streak. And I'm sure Giants fans will never forget about that. But um, yeah, Geno Smith has bounced around. He went to the Chargers for a year or two, but he's been with Seattle the past couple of years, played a few games last year, did pretty well filling in for Russell Wilson. But um, yeah, what Geno is doing right now, nobody expected. And I, I keep thinking it's going to stop at some point, but Geno might actually be kind of good. So I have no idea. Kenneth Walker. Walker, their running back, we just talked about him. Uh, he's been great since filling in for Rashad Penny. So this is Kenneth Walker the past two weeks since being the starter. Against the Cardinals, he had 21 carries for 97 yards and a touchdown last week versus the Chargers. Now let me say this. The Chargers can't stop the run versus anybody, so it does make it less impressive, but this stat line is unbelievable. 23 carries, 167 yards, 7.3 a carry, and two rushing touchdowns. So obviously Kenneth Walker, who I think was a second-round pick this year, um, um, he's a guy to watch out for. Tyler Lockett is the main wide receiver for the Seahawks. Now, Lockett the past couple weeks has not looked right because of a hamstring injury, but maybe he's fully healthy by now. I don't know. But Lockett's had some really big games so far this year. I feel like weeks two through five, he was like really good. So Tyler Lockett is a guy that can beat you deep. Got to watch out for him. I would assume Adoree Jackson has him for most of this game. Their slot receivers, Dwayne Eskridge, a guy who I believe was a second or third round pick last year in 2021. Um, Seattle uses him as a running back sometimes. They give him handoffs. They had a fumble exchange with him last week, I think it was. So um, they like to use him the same way the Giants would use Kadarius Tony if they stole at him. Um, and speaking of Tony, I will have my opinion about that trade at the end of this video. I did talk about it yesterday on my live stream with the entertainer, but just for the podcast form of this, I will talk about the Tony trade at the end of this video. Marquise Goodwin, a guy who, um, I don't know if he was out of football or something, but Marquise Goodwin has not made noise in a few years, but he's now 31, almost 32 years old but Marquise Goodwin had two touchdowns had a great game last week versus the Chargers filling in for DK Metcalf and Goodwin's one of those guys who was like a track star so another guy that can beat you over the top and Geno Smith was just giving him jump balls last week it's like you don't expect Marquise Goodwin to be getting jump balls but that was a thing for the uh, Seahawks offense last week so Marquise Goodwin's another guy to watch out for Noah Fant is their tight end they have Will Disley as well I feel like they have another guy too but yeah Will Disley Noah Fant are their main tight ends Noah Fant was the former first round pick back in 2019 part of that Russell Wilson trade uh the Seahawks offensive line has been kind of like below average this year it's kind of uh expected because they have two rookie tackles Abraham Lewis is their right tackle rookie third round pick Charles Cross their left tackle was the what was he seventh eighth eighth we had seven uh, I think they were he was the eighth overall pick I'm pretty sure I'll look at it ninth overall pick I was wrong so yeah Charles Cross top 10 pick this past year they have Damian Lewis is at left guard. I thought he was a right guard. I guess he's left guard now. But Damian Lewis, he was a pick out of uh, LSU a few years ago. Good run blocker. Austin Blythe at center, the former chief. Um, and Gabe Jackson at right guard, who was a longtime Raider, solid player. So the Seahawks offensive line, I wouldn't say it's good, but it's not like complete crap either. So, I mean, it's kind of like the Giants in a way. I mean, the Giants, of course, have a better offensive line because, you know, the Giants have Andrew Thomas and they don't. But still, the Seahawks offensive line, it is beatable, but just not like terrible like it used to be. So obviously, for the Giants defense, guys like Tay Crowder, Jalen Smith at the linebacker spot, they have to step up and stop the run. If they can't stop Kenneth Walker, 
it's going to be a long day because that man has been running very well lately. Probably going to see some rookie on rookie action here. Charles Cross versus Kayvon Thibodeau, you know, two top 10 picks coming at it. And the interior guys, Dexter Lawrence and Leonard Williams, they should have a nice day, I would think, against these interior um, offensive linemen for Seattle that are not that impressive. So I would think they do pretty well there. Obviously, our cornerbacks have to be aware because these guys can beat you over the top. That's a big thing. Uh, Dwayne Eskridge in the slot versus Darnay Holmes. That's a matchup to watch out for. And uh, yeah, for our safeties, Julian Love, Xavier McKinney, just once again, don't let Tyler Lockett catch a 60-yard touchdown. Don't let Marquise Goodwin catch a 60-yard touchdown. Try to keep things in front of you, I would think is probably the theme for the Giants defense in this game. And then, of course, once they get to the red zone, do a much better job of not letting them get a touchdown. The Seahawks offense this year, by the way, is fourth overall in third down percentage, uh, converting on third down. So that's very impressive. But their defense is 25th on third down percentage. So you can beat the Seahawks defense on third down, but offensively on third down, they have been impressive so far this year. Now, here's an interesting part about the Seahawks offense. So the Seahawks have a 36.4% red zone percentage, which means 36% of the time they get in the red zone, they score a touchdown. That's the 31st ranked red zone offense in the NFL. So that is not a good thing. Seattle's going to be held to a lot of field goals. Jason Myers is their kicker, solid kicker. But um, once again, the Giants just have to keep them out of the end zone. That's the big thing here. On the other side of the ball, the Giants offense versus Seattle's defense one guy to watch out for on Seattle's defense that has just kind of come out of nowhere. He was a fifth-round pick out of UTSA, Tariq Woolen, who is a 6'4", 2.05 corner, kind of built like, a, who was that big-ass Seahawks cornerback? Was it Brandon Browner? I don't know, somebody like that. But yeah, he is a big corner, but playing very well. He has a very low passer rating against him. I think he's tied for the league league, uh, league lead in interceptions this year, so that's so impressive for a uh, fifth-round rookie. The Seahawks linebackers aren't too scary. Jordan Brooks is their main guy, but of course, Bobby Wagner's now with the Rams, so that's not really much of a concern anymore. Um, Ryan Neal, who I mentioned on the injury report, has been playing well for them. They have Quadri Diggs at safety still. He's a good ball hawk. And defensive line-wise, I mean, Seattle doesn't have many guys. They have Shelby Harris, who once again was a part of that Russell Wilson trade. He's a solid uh, defensive tackle, but um, they don't really have the uh, same guys they used to on that defensive line. They did have Carlos Dunlap, who they got from the Bengals, I think a couple years ago, but he walked in the offseason, so he's not there anymore. But yeah, I mean, Seattle's edge rushers are not that impressive. They have Shelby Harris, but that's about it. So this could be a good day for Daniel Jones. Once again, this Seahawks secondary has not been that great versus the pass this year. So I would think Daniel Jones, assuming he gets some good protection from his offensive line, should have a good day in this one. Saquon Barkley playing a run defense that is really bad, 29th in the NFL against the run. This could be a good Saquon Barkley day. You're going to have Wondell Robinson, another rookie on rookie matchup here. Kobe Bryant, fourth round pick out of Cincinnati. The slot corner for the Seahawks will be matched up against Wandell Robinson a lot, the uh, second round rookie for the Giants. So that's another rookie versus rookie matchup, but Wandell can definitely have some success there. We'll see how Tanner Hudson and Chris Myrick do filling in for Daniel Bellinger, who was the Giants tight end number one, but losing him sucks, but we'll see how those guys do filling in. Darius Slayton can probably make some big plays in this one. I would hope he'll probably be matched up against Michael Jackson, the cornerback for the Seahawks uh, a lot. So let's give Darius Slayton a couple jump balls like, like they did versus uh, Jacksonville on that first drive. Like, let's let's just see it. Give him a couple shots. So yeah, I mean, for the grand scheme of things, this is not the biggest game for the Giants. But for me, it is personally because I look at this as like, hey, the Giants have a bye next week. You can go into the bye at 7-1 and one and then have a couple easy matchups coming out of the bye. So if they can get past Seattle here, which is on the road, this is like, 
you know, this is going to be such a great feeling for an entire two weeks going into a bye being 7-1. and one. So I hope they can get it. If they drop to 6-2, and two, it's like, all right, not the end of the world. But I would love to get this win and just kind of relax and be 7-1 and one and just, you know, enjoy football next week. Not worry about other people's, like, matchups and crap like that. Just want to get this win. So I'm not big on making predictions in these. You guys know that. But, um... I do often make predictions when the Giants, when I think the Giants are going to win, which I do think is this week. So I, I do think the Giants are going to win this game. I know they are underdogs by three points. I, I get it. Seattle has been playing very well recently. Our defense is kind of overperforming based on the advanced numbers and all that crap. But I think the Giants are going to win this one by three. I think I predicted 26-23 on the live stream yesterday, so I'll stick with that. 26-23 Giants get to 7-1, and one, go into the bye, and then a couple easy matchups out of the bye. That's my prediction. We'll see if it happens. Leave your predictions in the comments, guys. Hopefully, everyone enjoyed this video. I'll talk to you guys on Sunday night for the reaction. Actually, before I go, I just forgot about it. The Kadarius Tony trade. I have to give my thoughts about that. So, yeah, the Giants traded Kadarius Tony, former first-round pick. I think he was 20th overall or 21st overall to the Kansas City Chiefs for a six-round pick and a third-round pick, which was a comp pick because the Chiefs had a guy in their front office, Ryan Poles, go to the Bears and be their GM. And I think Ryan Poles might be African-American, I'm pretty sure. So they got a comp pick for that because of the Rooney Rule stuff. But yeah, I mean, look, it sucks. Uh, Kadarius Toney was clearly a very talented kid. He's still very young. And um, I just don't know if his head was ever in the right place with the Giants. Um, it just seemed like there were so many issues, whether it was in injuries or just kind of being a bit standoffish with the media and it could be as simple as hey he just wasn't built for New York that's just a, a plain and simple thing I mean New York when you're playing well they love you when you're missing games due to injury they're gonna pile up on you especially when you're a first round pick like Kadarius Tony was um, I still don't blame the Giants for trading back in that draft obviously having Micah Parsons instead would have been great but um, then we wouldn't have had Kayvon Thibodeau or Evan Neal one of those guys so yeah it kind of equals itself out in a way but um to just miss on that pick sucks. I mean, the Giants have missed on some first-round picks here the past decade. We know about uh, Eli Apple. We know about DeAndre Baker, Eric Flowers. I mean, we're kind of used to that as Giants fans, unfortunately. But, um, you know, it was something that I think kind of had to be done. It, I don't know if the um, relationship was really fixable with Kadarius Tony, and it seemed like Joe Shane was going to give him a chance. And same thing with Brian Dable. But, you know, Kadarius Tony from the get-go didn't really... Um, you know, show up literally because he didn't show up for the voluntary workouts. So, I mean, that's kind of uh, not the best first impression for Kadarius Tony. And from there on out, it was just a lot of injuries. I mean, Kadarius Tony might be injured. He might not be injured. I have no idea if he's actually hurt or not, but honestly, I don't care. The guy seemed to have a pretty crappy attitude and was kind of like, you know, I don't know why exactly. I mean, I get he was kind of benched in the first week and uh, the Giants were playing guys like David Sills over him and whatnot, but still, I, I, I think Kadarius Tony just needs a fresh start. The Giants kind of had to just move on here. So to get a, uh, a late third round pick and get a six round pick, it's not the worst return in the world, but you know, to get a, a guy that was picked in the uh, first round 20th overall a couple years ago, you're obviously downgrading a bit there. But I mean, at least the Giants got something instead of nothing. Like for the DeAndre Baker situation, I know it's way different because he actually got in trouble with the law. But, you know, that situation, the Giants got nothing in return. At least here they get a third round pick and a sixth round pick for Kadarius. So yeah, I don't blame the Giants. I think Joe Shane kind of made out pretty well with the return he got. But uh, it just sucks because, you know, Kadarius could have been very good. But we'll see what he does in Kansas City. Um, it's kind of a crowded room over there. They have Sky Moore, Juju, um, Hardman, 
Valdez, Scantling. That's like four guys right there at receivers. I don't know what their plan is with uh, Kadarius Tony, but I guess we'll find out going forward. That will officially do it for the video. I hope you guys enjoyed it once again, and I'll talk to you guys next time.